blood moon has risen. It is time to tell stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying. A black cat brings us a true story. A vampire bat bites into a tall tail. An owl flies in a story from another world. Greetings. This is Blood Moon Podcast. I'm your Blood Moon host, Andrew Carey. We are summoning all black cats, vampire bats, and owls to submit their stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying. They can be true paranormal experiences or tall tales. Please go to bloodmoonpodcast.com to make your submission. Now, turn off the lights and enjoy the chills. Meandra is back with another Black Cat story. It's about an experience she had at the time of her brother's passing. Rest in peace, my darling brother. Sunday night, the 26th of August, 2018. I got a call from one of my brothers and he said, Pack an overnight bag, I'm gonna pick you up. We're gonna go visit our eldest brother. My eldest brother lives just over three hours away and he was suffering with diabetes for the last 10 years. When my mother and sister visited him the day before, they were worried and called an ambulance to take him to the hospital. When he arrived at the hospital, he was put straight into the ICU. He had pneumonia, his kidneys were failing, and he had high sugar and potassium levels. Not long after being admitted into the ICU, he had a major stroke and fell into a coma. The doctors did an MRA scan to see what was going on, as well as other tests.
he apparently had a huge blood clot in the back of his head and had to have it removed immediately. We stayed nearby in hotels while his wife stayed in the courtesy room at the hospital. We took over the waiting area. All of his children and little grandchildren, his brothers, my mum, my sister, and I were at the hospital. We took turns, two by two, going into the ICU ward to sit with him. We held his hand, told him we loved him, and asked him to come back to us. We all returned early on the 27th of August. There was no change. The doctors did another MRA scan, and the specialist attended to him. They said he was brain dead. The tubes in his lungs and the life support machine were helping him breathe. The doctors asked us to make a decision to keep him indefinitely on life support or switch it off. On the 28th of August, all of his children, his wife, and my brother and sister decided to switch the machines off. My mum and I said no. We were outvoted. The priest came and read him his last rites. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom Everyone gathered around and said their goodbyes. The machines were switched off and the tubes were removed. The nurse gave him a needle, a sedative to ease his pain while he passed. Slowly, he stopped breathing. I was in shock. I couldn't believe he was gone. He was a kind, loving brother, father, husband, grandfather, and son. I got home late at night, and I was very upset. I went to my room and got into bed. I stayed awake. In the corner of my room, near the door, I saw two shadows. They were faint, but they were shaped like people. I think it was my father and eldest brother coming back to say goodbye. I wasn't scared. I was comforted by their presence. They didn't stay long, perhaps less than a minute, but long enough for me to see them. I hope you rest in peace, Dad, and my dearest brother. You are both very loved.
Welcome back. An owl flies in with anomalous events shared by Jane, Rob, and Jill. They are witnesses to strange skies. One night, Jane and her husband walked their dogs through their neighborhood in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. They had done this many times over the years without incident. But on this dark and cloudy night, they would witness something very strange. Walking just outside their immediate neighborhood, they paused and looked to their right. Just above the tree line, they could see rectangular blue lights. She initially thought they were cell towers. Then she realized they were something else entirely. The lights were extremely bright, almost neon, and they were positioned to look like equal signs. The dark cloud cover made it difficult to discern if the lights were separate objects, or if they were a part of one large craft. The light stretched over an area of roughly 100 yards. They hovered in complete silence. A few years later, at their home, more anomalous lights would invade the night skies. Jane's son-in-law, Rob, was rocking his baby daughter to sleep in the back lanai. A green light in the sky caught his attention. Suddenly, the light separated into multiple orbs. Stunned by what he had just witnessed, Rob called for his wife, Jill. Together, they watched the lights fly in a peculiar manner. The light show was so bizarre that they decided to wake up Jane and her husband. For some unknown reason, Jane's husband could not see the dancing lights. He decided to go back to bed. Later, Jill, Rob, and their baby girl went home, leaving Jane alone to watch the night sky. The lights merged, and the hue changed from green to white. It began to swing back and forth like a pendulum. Then it zigzagged erratically. Jane took a picture with her camera phone, and after a couple of hours, the light vanished. When enlarged, the digital photo showed three separate lights that were slightly curved. Although she reported the sighting to MUFON, the photo has since been lost. However, Jill and Rob will witness another bizarre aerial event. Mm-hmm. 
on New Year's Eve in 2014. Jill and Rob were home watching television. They lived one mile from Jane's home. They happened to look out the balcony doors when they noticed something odd beyond the tree line. At first, they thought it was an airplane, but it didn't have the correct navigation lights. It was a ball of fire streaking across the night sky. The red-orange ball zoomed to the north, and there was no sound. Then another fireball appeared and followed the same flight path. A few minutes later, a third fireball appeared and again followed the same path. The fireball seemingly materialized out of nowhere. They questioned if it was just one object flying in a big circle or if they were multiple objects. Rob had a video on his old cell phone but the quality was poor. It was very dark, and the tree line was barely visible. The video gave the impression that the object was hovering or bobbing around the trees. Unfortunately, this video also disappeared. Now we turn our gaze from the skies to the earth. A black cat brings us a story that asks the question, dead or alive? In Port-au-Prince, Haiti, sugar cane cutters at the Haitian American Sugar Company were supervised by a voodoo priest named Joseph. One day, the workers were given treats that consisted of salted peanuts by Joseph's wife. This simple action caused the workers to leave the grounds and head home to their village. Upon arrival, the horde of workers made their way to the cemetery. Their families were dumbfounded as they believed that their loved ones were dead and buried. The families were helpless in preventing these lost souls from entering the cemetery. Once inside, the formerly deceased frantically clawed away at the ground with their bare hands. In doing so, they apparently transitioned into 
corpses. These unfortunate people were considered to be zombies, and according to legend, ingesting salt will help them reclaim self-awareness. French anthropologist Georges de Rouquet had a brush with zombies during his time in Haiti in 1930. During one evening, de Rouquet and his Haitian colleague Baptiste spotted men walking among a cotton field. They immediately noticed something was odd. The men moved in an awkward manner, shuffling through the field, approaching closer to de Rouquet and his guide. The men stopped at the command of their supervisor. All right, there. They were dressed in tattered rags and their arms dangled at their sides. Their skin was paper-like, adhering to the bones, particularly on their hands and faces. Dull eyes stared into the distance, showing no signs of cognizance. Hoping to elicit a response, de Roquet aimed a quick hand gesture at one of the men. There was no reaction. Then, the supervisor intervened as he attempted to touch the listless man. De Roquet and Baptiste watched the supervisor escort the men to a small shed and lock them inside. De Roquet was appalled by the thought that these men were being held captive. The anthropologist wanted to investigate the situation. However, a frightened Baptiste urged him to drop the matter. According to Baptiste, the men were zombies and were dangerous. Furthermore, Baptiste indicated that they did not have the means to protect themselves. Even guns were not a useful means of defense from the zombies. The blood moon is setting. Thank you to Jane, Jill, Rob, and Meandra for sharing your experiences. You can find Meandra at meandra forward slash sws at yargoststories.com. Sources for dead or alive include Mysteries of the Unexplained from Reader's Digest. Please share the podcast and leave a review. You can also find Blood Moon Podcast on Instagram. Thank you for listening. <laughs>